2: to another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. This week we're talking Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, plus all the latest movie trailers and news.
3: Let's go.
2: So Tim, we just got back from a galaxy far, far away from seeing The Rise of Skywalker at a special preview screening. How do you feel?
3: Well, the deep breath I took, I guess... Can is very loaded. Deep breath. I mm. think it's wow. This it is like forty-two years in the making. The end of this Skywalker saga, mm-hmm. Star Wars: A New Hope came out in nineteen seventy-seven. Rise of Skywalker two thousand nineteen. What I, do you want to? Should we say how we felt going in?
2: I was super excited. Yeah. About this one, as everyone is. Everyone's mm-hmm. just super excited to see. Where they're going to take this story and how mm. they're going to finish everything up and how they're going to answer, obviously, the story of Ray's parentage. Yes. Which we're not going to spoil for you here. No. But it's a doozy.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> doozy is one word. How I felt was really nervous. And that nervousness kind of crept up on me in the last maybe two or three weeks. But then we were kind of like kids in a candy store, I think, at the preview screening you had an R two D two droid there. They had along the wall all other all the all nine posters of mm. the Skywalker saga and great media wall and all those sorts of things. So the experience was really great, and I think that really fed to that excitement and mm. anticipation. But what do we think? What what we want to say right up front is this is spoiler free. Yes. So we're going to do our absolute best. We want you to listen to this review and kind of. You know, follow our guidance on how we kind of felt. We'll talk about some themes, I suppose, and mm-hmm. the different elements of, 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 the, of the film and what it delivered.
2: Well, obviously, there's a lot to wrap up. Mm. That was the big thing. Do you think it wrapped it up every thread well enough?
3: Uh, yes and no. I think one of the biggest things that kind of stood out, and I felt it quite early on in the film, but then now that it's done, there was a lot of division around The Last Jedi, Mm-hmm. which was episode 8, um, written and directed by Ryan Johnson from 2017. Mm. This Rise of Skywalker, to me, felt like a sequel to Force Awakens. It was almost like The Last Jedi, not didn't mm. happen, but in the scheme of things, it felt unmemorable or forgotten, rather. That's probably the word. What Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah,
2: I think what it comes down to is if you're a fan of The Force Awakens,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you're going to really like this. If you're a fan of The Last Jedi, you'll still really like it. But it's more tonally similar to a true Star Wars film.
3: Yeah, potentially. I think that they did really well in capturing things from The Last Jedi and extending upon them. Yes. And then conveniently not touching on others. What I loved about this film, do you want to talk about the characters? Yes. I loved that the three main characters kind of came right into the fold here. So Finn, yeah. Poe and Ray were the centre of this film.
2: And it felt like that was a really nice parallel to the original three. Yes. with Like Leia, Han Solo and Luke. Mm. Even though they're not related and mm. you all know, that kind of thing. There's romantic elements there but maybe not fully realised. Yeah. But it just really felt like these three people with a great bond, bonded through the force, bonded through the battles that they've been through. Yeah,
3: and what was at stake here, what they were fighting for.
2: And that was a nice throwback. Actually, talking about throwbacks, Mm. nostalgia was a big element of this film.
3: There was a lot of fan service.
2: There is. And do you think that was a good thing or a bad thing?
3: I think they missed the mark on a few. Mm. Shit, it's hard not to speak.
2: There were a few moments where I cringed.
3: Mm-hmm. But yeah. people are
2: going to love it. That's yeah. the thing. People are going to love it. People are going to love these cameos. People mm. are going to love these throwbacks to the original films. Mm. It's almost like the cinema erupted in cheers when certain people come on the screen. Sure. And I think people are really going to love those elements at the same time. Mm. They can be a little bit on the
3: nose. I don't think this is a spoiler, but if we talk about Landau, we mm-hmm. know that he returns to the fold. Uh-huh. I wasn't convinced by his return. Right. I thought it was really unnecessary. Bit of a throwaway. Bit of a throwaway. And just talking about characters in general, we know that there are new characters introduced, which is always a bit jarring when you are trying to wrap up Mm. an established story arc and then finding a reason to introduce new characters. Mm. And I felt that bar one, Kerry Russell's character, Mm. the others... Did not need to be there. And it was just unnecessary. Mm. So what was it? Um, Richard E. Grant could have gone without him.
2: Yeah.
3: Dominic Monaghan.
2: What was that about? Why?
3: Why was he in this film? It's just he had nothing to do. He didn't contribute anything. And I was sitting there going, what's going on? Like (laughs) It was just Who is this guy? He didn't need to be Dominic Monaghan. Do you know what I'm saying? Could it just be in any
2: character? Maybe a lot of of his stuff was left on the cutting room floor. You don't know. That's
3: very true. To play
2: devil's advocate here.
3: How do you think... Is there anything else you want to talk about characters? Because there's one that we've kind of missed out that's big. Carrie Fisher.
2: Well, I know you felt that you were very nervous. You said Mm. to me that you were very nervous about them doing justice to her character in the wake of her untimely passing. Mm. You said you felt like we were robbed a little bit.
3: Yeah. And I think it was unavoidable and it's really, I selfishly won't get over what, what we could have had. So Carrie Fisher died before production started on the rise of Skywalker. Mm. And we all knew, and even Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilm has said this wasn't the original send-off that we had planned for Carrie and Princess Slayer's character or um, General mm. Organa. And they did the best they could with what they had. They reused eight minutes' worth of footage from The Force Awakens mm. and kind of positioned her in different environments. And I just mm. felt like she was really, like, stale and stilted. And it kind of worked, but it felt it felt flat And it was really disappointing. And I was on board, although controversially, that they were going to recreate her digitally Mm. and just give us the real send-off that Leia deserved Mm. and needed and also serve the story that I think we never got as a result of her untimely passing, as you said. Mm. And that I can't help but... It's like that really dangerous what-if thing Mm. that's hovering over this film. Mm. So what if she didn't die? What would have The Rise of Skywalker been? What other layers of emotion and drama and conflict could have there been or resolution? Like, mm. how would have we better seen that relationship between Kylo Ren or Ben mm. and his mother, Leia? Like, do you know what I mean?
2: She was unfairly sidelined. mm through no fault of anyone's, no. really.
3: You, How did you feel about it?
2: It was a little bit mm. jarring in some places. I can tell they'd done their best with what they yes. with what they and had. And hats off,
3: because they did it very well.
2: It did feel a little bit anticlimactic. Yes, yes you're correct.
3: Yeah, Which is just upsetting. Of anything, it's not like, oh, they messed it up or whatever. They tried to respect her as an actress mm. as much as possible. And they did, but it just didn't serve the story as it did should have
2: Mm. let's talk about the music yes from the minute that the credits Mm -hmm. the front credits roll the Mm -hmm. title credits whatever you want to call it fill us in on what's been happening since the last movie just the score is just so present so Mm. looming over Mm. this whole movie and that's that's what a Star Wars movie is it's very much about the soundtrack
3: I felt that John Williams' score was probably his best work in star wars mm. you were saying that it was ever present mm. and i think he did such an incredible job of weaving in all the character themes film themes mm-hmm. um, that we have experienced from episode one to nine and it drove the emotion you felt things for these characters because his themes for those characters and those worlds and those mm. films Got you there. They took you there. They made you feel what J.J. Abrams was trying to make you feel. And I Mm. think if you took the music away from any Star Wars film, but I think especially this one, it wouldn't have taken you to those places. He carried the film through his score. Yeah, I I felt that all the way through.
2: It made it just that extra level of epic.
3: Mm, It did.
2: And that's a good word for this film. Oh, Epic.
3: Hands down. It is really
2: epic. Right from the beginning, Mm. it's action, action, action. This Mm. is an action film. You're going to get everything you want in this film.
3: I literally had to shift in my seat and take some breaths because this film does not stop. Mm. Like, it barely takes a breath. And that is a good thing yeah. and a bad thing.
1: Oh.
3: Because when we were... we. <laughs> Our drive to my apartment was really awkward because <laughs> we didn't want to talk about it until we hit record on the podcast. So this is literally us talking about this for the first time. It was so fucking funny. Anyway. Um,
2: <laughs> How is it a bad thing?
3: The fashion? The pace. Mm. Because I think it stumbled out of the gate. Oh, so okay. this film works really hard in establishing a lot of exposition. Not just at the beginning, but almost up until... Well, right to the end, actually, Mm -hmm. right to the end, things have been explained and said and things happen as a result and you need to try and like catch up. Mm -hmm. And I think the beginning of the film, and we can't talk about it because it is literally like spoiler minefield, but I didn't feel like they gave us enough. Oh, really? I needed more. I wanted them to explain it more. And I think we deserved it. I really do think we deserved more of an explanation. And when you're trying to convince an audience, when you're closing off a story and you're introducing this kind of like really big, powerful plot point, no one is going to be upset that you took more time to explain it. Right. Because I felt like I was playing catch up to try and figure out how this was all happening. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) <laughs> oh, this is hard without spoiling. But we're on the same wavelength. You don't understand I what think I'm that, No,
2: I liked it right out of the gate. Oh. I was quite excited about it right out of the gate. I thought, oh, good, good, good. Oh, yeah. I really, was excited, yeah. but I was
3: like, hold on, Come hold on. on. Can we talk about this a little bit more? And I feel like it was one of those classic things where I personally think the opening titles were the weakest of the series. Oh. It felt weird. It read weird. Oh, so this has all happened. Just go with it. <laughs> we'll throw you in there mm. and then we'll move on. Yeah. And I was not okay with that. I wanted them to show, not tell, but they didn't even tell. I'm going to move on.
2: I hear what you're saying. Uh, yeah. I respect your opinion. <laughs> I don't agree with it though. <laughs> okay. I think no, that's great. fine.
3: I'm not trying to, con- I'm not trying to convert you to no. my way of thinking, but
2: no, I had a great um, time in this film and I just think mm. the epic scale, there were some moments where, you know, everything seems lost and mm. I was like, where are they going to go with this? How are they going to get out of this one? And I think they did, they took it to some pretty epic places. Oh, hell yeah. But not unbelievable places.
3: No, I don't think so because... To
2: get you out of it. which They
3: worked really hard to make you believe things. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they really nailed that. I do agree with you yeah. there. Like you weren't like, oh my God, you weren't rolling your eyes at how did this happen? It was kind of, it's in the theme and tone. Yeah. An exposition of Star Wars anyway that...
2: The only thing that made me roll my eyes was some of the humour that was inserted. There was some J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams humour in there that was very J.J. Abrams and not Star Wars. There were a couple of little moments, and I think I can say without spoiling, for example, when the spy was revealed.
3: Oh, yes. It felt yes. a little
2: bit like slapstick comedy. Yeah, a little bit. I'm the spy!
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: You know? Those kind of moments Mm. were a little bit jarring where Mm -hmm. it wasn't tonally Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's humor in Star Wars. There is. There is. is, But it's a different kind of humor.
3: I think Poe carried a lot of great humorous Mm. moments.
2: The Star Wars humor is a little bit more dry. It's a little bit more subtle. It's a little bit more wry. It's not hit you over the head with cheesy lines. True. It's like a
3: glance or a side which Poe, Oscar Isaac, friggin' is the champion of the little, like, glance side uh-huh. thing. Yeah. And I was like, but he conveyed everything that needed to be conveyed yeah. in that. I got a real kick out of that. He he's, kept, a, he's a great actor. He's
2: a great character. Mm-hmm. And the chemistry between him and Finn John Boyega. Yes.
3: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
2: Amazing.
3: Which is why I'm like, that's why I felt like going back to an earlier point I made that it felt like a sequel to Force Awakens because Last Jedi kind of sidelined Poe and Finn mm. and that trio with Rey. Obviously her story went elsewhere to uh, Luke, Yeah, but it was, this is what we should have got more of in the middle here. Mm. So that's why it kind of felt like bringing the bookends together. And there's only just a few moments in Last Jedi that were actually relevant to how they carried the story
2: so you think they've made up for it in terms of the fandom
3: oh look um, no that's definitely not what i'm saying this is a really hard review to say so soon after because i hundred 100 feel like i need to see this again mm-hmm. and i need to process a lot and naturally what i like to do is read other people's opinions because there are things that i um i don't quite understand that have happened and I just need them explained Mm -hmm. and then I think that I'll kind of sit back and take it all in a little bit more and then then I'll either be at peace with it or or be able to form more of a pointed opinion but I had a great time I really really had a great time Mm -hmm. I just felt like they were trying to do a little bit too much and they needed to take a breath here and there I feel that would have Mm -hmm. really served the story a little bit more in my opinion
2: And how do you feel about the resolution of Ray's storyline? How did it leave you feeling? Do you feel like that was the right way to go?
3: You know what? I had no problem with it.
2: You think people are going to be happy with it?
3: No. But me as a fan of Star Wars, I think it worked.
2: It felt realistic to me. Yeah, yeah. It felt felt like it worked. Mm, mm. What I liked about Ray's storyline in particular, they've misled us without misleading us.
3: Yes. Yes. Which is
2: very clever. It's very clever what they've done.
3: Mm. I agree. So that is a very good point. Yeah. It didn't feel like, oh, that's not what we meant. We meant this. Yes. It worked.
2: Yeah. Mm. As a continuation yes. of what we already know.
3: I think that Daisy Ridley was absolutely brilliant in this film too. Can yeah. Can we just say how... Yeah. Wow. Like, she was really, really powerful. You actually felt her character grow a mm. lot in this in this film and it was really convincing. I think she really gave that character justice. And she's probably been the most consistent thing about this new trilogy. Yes. Is is Ray's journey. Mm-hmm. And you really are part of that journey with her here. Yeah. Because she's carrying a lot of this film rightfully. And she kind of has no choice. <laughs> I really liked the aesthetic of this film. They filmed Rise of Skywalker all on celluloid, so it had that that grittiness, that graininess to film. And not that it transported you to felt like you were in the 70s or 80s, I'm not saying that, but it just made it a little bit more real. Like Force Awakens was very sheen and shiny and crisp, Mm. which worked, that was great aesthetic Mm. for what they were trying to do there. But this one, it evoked a lot more, it made feel like there was a lot more at stake. Mm. And I think JJ shot this film really differently. He used a lot of close ups. Mm. The camera was right in mid shots mm. on the actors a lot of the time. And it was really shaky, but it kind of just showed, it played with the pace. Mm. It was a quick film, and the camera was trying to keep up with the action. Mm. And I think that quite worked in its trying to convey its immediacy.
2: The filming style really honored the 70s films. Yes. I think rather than making you feel like you were watching a movie mm. from the 70s.
3: I like the inventiveness of Star Wars. Somehow, you know, we were talking about the, in, the introduction of new characters, which mm. I felt like weren't necessary. Mm-hmm. But it's the design, the vehicles, the um, alien characters, you know, all that. They, they make that work and it's so good. And it's just no one does it better than Star Wars.
2: I'll agree with you there, but on a separate point, what are the stormtroopers' uniforms made of? Because the armour is no good. One shot to the chest. Is it plastic? It looks like plastic. Are they wearing plastic?
3: I think it's plastic.
2: It's like one shot to the chest on your armour plate, and you're dead.
3: Stormtroopers are the worst fighters. They're so shit. You see them coming up in the corridor behind them, and they've they've literally run maybe five metres. They've missed... The main characters three or four times, and they're like, "Oh, they're behind us!" So they turn around, they shoot them once, and they're dead. But so no one can aim in Hollywood movies. The bad guys can never aim.
2: But Kylo Ren got a fancy new helmet and a fancy new uniform update, and the stormtroopers yes. are still wearing seventies plastic.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Budget cuts. Budget cuts to the first order.
2: I'm gonna start a protest. Get the stormtroopers some new uniforms.
3: They deserve more. It's not a fair fight then, really. No. I think we might revisit this film in a later podcast.
2: Do a spoiler-filled.
3: Do a spoiler-filled one. Or even, I think this is one that needs to sizzle and settle. And But really, what we want to hear from you, our listeners, is what you feel about it. So we'd love to open a dialogue on our Popcorn Podcast Facebook page or our Instagram at Popcorn Podcast or, you know, if you're friends of ours, just text Lee or myself. <laughs> um, whatever it tickles you fancy. Are we in a position to rate this? Yes. Can you go first? I'm nervous. I feel like mine's going to change.
2: For me, I feel like this was a satisfying conclusion mm-hmm. to the franchise. Mm-hmm. So, having said that, I had a great time. I loved the action. I think everyone's going to really love this film, mm-hmm. and I gave it four popcorn kernels. <laughs>
3: thank you on brand I think what's been clear in how much I'm moving my hands as I'm talking (laughs) Ali and trying to process everything I'm clearly a little bit overwhelmed Mm -hmm. so I need personally to go away and maybe like reflect and take it all in and see it again I'm really hesitant to give it a rating out of five popcorn kernels but I think I'm going to give it a three and a half at this point in time yeah uh, and it could go either way. Could I was thinking more of a three, but it could reach more dizzy heights of four. But I'm just going to be in the middle ground and do three and a half at this point. Because it didn't necessarily take my breath away. Right. Do you know what? That's, mm-hmm. what, I, that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And maybe I wanted too much. But I think we deserved everything. And they nailed a lot. And they missed the mark on a few and I mean, you're not going to please everyone, but I did not have a bad time in there. It was a ride, mm-hmm. absolute ride.
2: Absolutely. Epic is an mm. understatement.
3: Well, that Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Four from Lee, three and a half from me. We've got some news.
2: What do we have in news? Just a little
3: bit of news. Uh, Jumanji, the next level, has opened in the US to 60 million. So, clearly, this film is doing quite well. I think it's doing well in the international markets and such. So, that's one to watch. Whether it'll quite make as much cash as the first one, we'll just have to wait and see.
2: I've been to see Jumanji, and we've got the review for you in our next little mini special episode.
3: Cannot wait to hear what you think.
2: So, it'll be interesting. It's interesting that it's made so much money.
3: Mm. I'm not surprised, but I don't think it particularly deserves it. But I haven't seen it, so... What can I say? There's a Dirty Dozen remake in the works uh, Warner Brothers Mm -hmm. and David Ayer is in talks to write and direct it. Now, David Ayer wrote and directed The Suicide Squad and basically Dirty Dozen is Suicide Squad, but with soldiers, like it's just not superheroes. Mm. And I'm thinking, I'm reading between the lines here that this is kind of, because Suicide Squad was such a fucking joke Mm. that he's kind of having a bit of a redemption uh for suicide squad and because it is literally the same film and he kind of wants to have another crack at it and make it more legit so yeah that's interesting piece Mm. of news and an interesting potential writer director attached to it anyway i found it a bit strange
2: We got a couple of trailers this week. We do. The biggest one that I was quite excited about was Top Gun Maverick. Mm -hmm. We got like a full... Is this the first full-length trailer?
3: First full-length. We got a teaser a a while ago.
2: So basically, Maverick is asked back to the Academy to train some Top Gun recruits for a new mission. Um, It's basically a montage of everything that happened in the first film. (laughs) Which I don't know how I feel about, because on the one hand, you want all that nostalgia. That's the reason they're making this film. Mm. But on the other hand, I like that Tom Cruise really puts everything into a film, and I hate Mm. to think that he's lazily leaning on nostalgia Mm. for this film.
3: Hopefully not. But I also feel like the direction of the marketing is a bit confusing, because the teaser trailer Lent on the nostalgia. Mm. It was that, offered that anticipation, mm. those great shots and everything. This new trailer didn't offer anything new. It was just a longer version of the teaser, in my opinion. Mm. You didn't really get to see in on what they're trying to do and what's different and what's changed and yeah. what's going on. I mean, the,
2: we got a montage that had, you know, the shirtless game on the beach, the <laughs> singing bar scene, yeah. the death that Maverick's going to blame himself for, a lot of impressive jet sequences. <laughs> A douchebag with a mustache. <laughs> it felt like the first film.
3: Just a caveat: not everyone with a mustache is a douchebag.
2: <laughs> no, but
3: maybe not. they shot the film during Movember, and he just—he was like, "No, I'm doing it for charity."
2: So I hope they don't just make remake Top Gun.
3: It could be the reality, but I—do I, I need to face
2: reality? I do I? I think so.
3: Come on. You know what is blowing me away is the the obviously it doesn't blow me away because it's expected the commitment of Tom Cruise mm-hmm. to these roles and those him in the fighter jets going doing all this crazy stuff like that's him yeah doing that and besides that even if it wasn't him the fact that that's happening mm-hmm. anyway take Tom Cruise out of the equation it's nuts yeah and it looks fucking awesome so we're in for a pretty visually stunning piece of cinema regardless and
2: that's what draws me in about a Tom Cruise film oh yeah we also got a trailer for The Lighthouse mm-hmm. from Robert Eggers so this movie is a psychological horror I guess they're calling it mm. written and directed by him and starring Robert Pattinson Willem Dafoe mm. this movie looks weird if mm. you're going to sum it up it's weird mm. but obviously you need to look deeper
3: yes and it's hard to really understand what sort of film this is through a trailer because it is a weird film and I think you've got to just watch it mm. to find out what they're trying to say and how it's all going to come together. It seems like a really intimate story, just the two guys, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, I mean, the tr- the tagline is Robert Pattinson, Willem Dafoe, that's it, that's the movie.
3: Right, <laughs> yeah.
2: So to say they're carrying the movie is mm. an understatement. Yeah,
3: right. <laughs> but aesthetically, it's really powerful. It's black and white and it just pops, which is a really bold film technique to make these days like you can't not like you can't make every film right. in black and white you've got to make the right choices and I feel like this is one that will be able to do that sort of choice justice it feels like a very art house yep. project it's, and it's getting quite good buzz
2: it's certainly going to be a unique and original film and I, you can't ask for more than that really
3: absolutely you? like you are begging for more original ideas yep. and content and films and stories
2: so sadly That's it for Popcorn Podcast this year. That's the end of Season 2. We're wrapping it up with Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, which feels like a very apt place to wrap it up. I agree. So we have no new releases next week, but we will have some mini holiday episodes for you in the form of Cats, Jumanji... Little Women and 1917. Lots mm-hmm. of content to keep you happy.
3: Yes, we've kind of hustled. We've seen a lot of films early. Lee has lived in the cinema for most <laughs> of these. Oh so that content is coming so we can keep serving you great mini little episodes to kind of feed your curiosity and whether it help you make decisions in the cinemas over the summer.
2: But we will be back in the new year with season three of and Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim.
3: I feel like Scotty Camp. It's the biggest block ever like you said (laughs) public podcast will be the biggest ever (laughs) Uh, yeah anyway in our second year which is really exciting we've had the best time you know collaborating on this project and Lee invited me it was her idea and I'm just so grateful
0: you're making me emotional I'm I'm more emotional
3: now (laughs) than after Star Wars
2: (laughs) (laughs) we hope you have a Merry Christmas go and see Star Wars the Rise of Skywalker and we'll talk to you in the new year
3: see you next time guys